What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Coffee Club podcast. This is episode 83, and just, we got to get it out of the way. This is, like, the craziest experience for us. We didn't know we were even going to be filming this, like, to a, a live audience or anything. So, we you might not be able to see it on the cameras, but we have audience right here going absolutely crazy because we have a very special guest today, Mr. Devin Allen, coming all the way from... <laughs> we've, we've never had a... <laughs> he immediately got swamped trying to get signatures and everything so we had to settle it down but he's here now with us we're so thankful for you to coming on Devlin uh how you doing man I'm doing well yeah I'm, ha- I'm feeling pretty good I had practice this morning um light lift a little conditioning with the with the Eagles but I'm feeling fresh I got an off day tomorrow so ready to race on Saturday hell yeah so we'll get into all that we'll get into the NFL track etc all the exciting stuff but we're going to start off with some rapid fire some quick questions just to get acquainted with each other um how are we going to do this why don't we do a question each a question, question each we'll go okay, down the perfect. line wait first off have you listened to any episodes of our show before uh, i have seen a couple clips um <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count <laughs> but no no not in depth okay so, so i just want to say like we're not very good at this no <laughs> We don't know how f- like we've got this far. It, it, hey, you know, y- me and Clayton Murphy did a podcast for a little bit too, and that was pretty popular for the three episodes we did. And we were like, <laughs> "Oh man, we suck." So uh, the best thing about this audience is that not a single one of them knows who we are. So no one's here for us. Actually, <laughs> gives us less pressure to be yeah. honest. That's the other dynamic that's so weird about it. So pen relays today, I think, is a lot of. What are you, are you guys? Four by four, four by one. Four by one, we got sprinters. We're a bunch of distance runners. So well, you, you guys should introduce yourself to the to the crowd right here, so they know what's going on. Yeah, do you guys know who? Uh, do you guys know who? How fast these guys are? You want to know? Give, give the accolades right here. So go down the line. Uh, we'll go down the line. I'm Morgan McDonald, Australian uh, Olympian in the 5K, Tokyo. Uh, I'm I'm Ollie Hall. Um, I'm Australian Olympian uh, in the 1500 meters. I run a 3:47 mile. Not bad. He's all right. He's yeah. all right. I'm a New Zealander, not an Olympian. Uh, world champ representative. I went to world champs in Eugene last year. Uh, I've run 351 in the mile. Yeah. National national record. Record. Hold, a, hold a few ne- New Zealand national records. Yeah. Thank there you. There we go. Thanks. Yeah. Put some respect <laughs> on our names. Put some respect on our names. Yeah. We're all, <laughs> and we're all, we're all huge Devin Allen fans. Massive Devin <laughs> Allen fans. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> who isn't? Who isn't? So you know, I, was, I was asked yesterday how fast I could run a mile, and I said 520. And then they're like, you can run faster than that. I'm like, well, the last time I ran at 800, I ran 216. So I just came kind of doing the math. The math side is, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that adds up. Dude, 520 is solid, actually. 520 is not slow. Yeah. yeah. I probably could, if I really got into a fast race, like with you guys, I would just hold on for like the first 800, come through like 150. Yeah, and, and then just hang and on. And then hang on. You guys will run me through to like four, 410 or 420. We'll have to pace him for a mile and, and actually prove that. Well, that was the goal last year is after World Champs. I was going to, you know, win world champs. And then that night I was going to go, you were going to go out, right, and uh, do a beer mile beer on the mile. track. But <laughs> of course. didn't get the chance, obviously. So of course. Uh, things went a little bit different. Too, too bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to make up for that. We'll the have to plan was good. Miles. Yeah. The plan, the plan, plan was good. good, yes. All right, so some rapid-fire questions. First off, mine was, what's the favorite celebration that you've ever done, including your pre-race antics in front of the camera? Ooh, the favorite celly. Um... I have two. One of them was just the 2016 jumping into the stands. Um, that because the stands are a lot higher than you think. So <laughs> if you're on the track at the time, it's probably like a, about a four foot, five foot leap up there. So I showed off my hops a little bit. And my second favorite celebration was actually 2018 
Um, U.S. champs. Me and Grant did the Fortnite, you know, yeah. dance oh, yeah, a- yeah. after the finish. So, you know, me and Grant Holloway are boys. So we were talking, you know, and that was like the the prime of Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, 2018, 2019. You got to cash in on that. Yeah. So I had to, I had to capitalize on that, silly. <laughs> yeah. Next. Um, coffee order. Ooh, coffee order. I'm very, very plain. I go uh, americano with an extra shot of espresso and. Um, if I'm feeling like something sweet, I'll do like a pump of sugar-free vanilla or something like that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Keep, the, keep the calories low in my coffee. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just uh, black coffee with water. Yeah. yeah. Shot, is that a shot on the dog? Is that what? Is, is that know. what an extra shot in an Americano is? is I that, think so. I, I think an Americano is similar to like a long black, but. Yeah, that's uh, what we call it. I yeah. think it's less water and more espresso in a long black this yeah. guy knows yeah. his coffee yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. if we get too personal just just say skip <laughs> <laughs> relationship status yeah i i have a girlfriend she'll be here um, <laughs> she'll be here tomorrow actually to, to come watch me run uh she lives in phoenix but she's flying out for the meet so she's coming out to support too and then she'll hang out with me for the week while Good. i'm here you know i live in philly permanently yeah. now so yeah. i got a place sure. in south philly does she get nervous when she watches you race uh no actually this would be the first time she's seen oh, me this would be the first time see me race in person so we'll you find know, out she watches me on tv but yeah, yeah. we'll see in person i'm she sure might get she will nervous. my whole family's here too so oh awesome yeah i'm, awesome. So, I'm sure they all get nervous when i when i compete but yeah. this okay. is the arizona couch over here yeah oh, yeah AZ. arizona boys AZ boys Represent. yeah I, 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 I claim arizona arizona is a great state i know you guys do some training there right in the offseason? Oh, don't get a start. We, one, don't get a start on Was that, that bad? No, no we loved it. We just oh. want to go back. We, we don't want okay. to go, go back this year. <laughs> we're <laughs> a bit salty about it because yeah. we didn't okay. all last year. Are so. you a Suns fan? Next question. I am a Suns fan. Um, right. Actually, that was one of my sellies too after um, the semifinal uh, in 2021 for the Olympic trials. I said, I was like, Suns in four. But they had lost the game that night, so it was Suns and Five. Suns, 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 Suns and Nine. We, we have a joke, Suns and Nine, because we have a, a, te- a former teammate, Carlos, who's a massive diehard Suns fan, and we have the joke, Suns and Nine. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that was just we. <laughs> I mean, that was, like, I, that was everyone, but that was we, we, we definitely person. said it every week. We embraced it. Yeah. yeah. We embraced it. All we right. did. Next one. What's your current most played song? My current most played song, and it's not very current. It's a song from maybe 2015 or 16, Drake, Can't Have Everything. And that's like the only like whenever I need a really good rep, like at practice, that's the song I put on. And like yeah, my yeah. coach knows when that comes on, like oh, like yeah. this is time to watch what's going on. Time so, to rock and roll, yeah. yeah. Awesome. What about you guys? You guys have a like a, a song that you go to like for a warm up? I know I know in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, my warm up album was uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. And right yeah. when I got to swimming pools was about the time I was like fifty minutes in, so I knew it was like. Time to earphones out and start doing block starts. <laughs> That's a so perfect like good timing. Routine. Yeah, yeah. I like none of us really have like our routines dialed in like that. We all we all listen to like a lot of different music. Uh, very like a lot of. Well, what song? What song right now for you? I don't know. See, my thing right now. I know he's like canceled right now, but old school Kanye. We've been rocking that okay. in the gym. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like not allowed to say that, but <laughs> and you you play that <laughs> in the gym like. Hey, that's okay. It's your, it's your pod. You can <laughs> I mean, do whatever you want. I mean, my mix is between J. Cole um, and probably, I mean, Kendrick Lamar's damn album. Like, if I'm really needing to get motivated, I'd probably listen to that yeah. album. Okay. Um, that's for me. Kendrick, yeah. for sure, yes. I got nothing right now. Not for running anyway. I don't listen to music when I run. What? Like, warming up, nothing. Maybe that's like very distance running. No, I mean, I feel like that's fair. I usually peaceful. <laughs> I, I usually try not to warm up with headphones, especially like when it's chaotic like yeah. this because you can't hear anybody. 
And if you're in the way, like somebody's saying track or get out the way, it's kind of dangerous. So it is, yeah. I definitely don't recommend warming up with headphones. But when I do do like go to meets and stuff, I bring a speaker and I play it out loud. That might be rude, but I try to get the clean version of whatever <laughs> whatever songs I'm listening to. So like if there's kids around, then that's you know, a problem, okay. man. Make yeah. everyone listen to your yeah, playlist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and you know what's funny too is like I got into you know it's like like UK drill uh oh, dude that uh, would get grime and then a lot of uh like I was listening to the 14 yeah. a lot Aus- mm. Australian drill yeah um so I like that kind of music too but sometimes that kind of gets me too hyped and then I'm like hyped up for like an hour before the race and I get to the race I'm kind of tired so I'm like <laughs> I got to I got to back off a little bit yeah <laughs> you got to watch out for that um all right so Google just what is uh who's your favorite uh distance runner if you have one, you, don't, you can say no. You don't have Ooh, one. That's a good question. No, you have to have one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I have. Well, my, my one of my best friends, Clayton Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go with him. Just the way he runs, and you know, I know for a fact because I've seen a lot of great distance runners being at Oregon as well. Is like yeah. you got to have the leg speed. Yeah. So you know, a lot of you guys don't get the credit for the speed, but. Most all you guys are like 46, 47, 400 meter runners. Like when you guys are fit. Nah, maybe I'll tell you. I mean, you, you, you definitely <laughs> are. Um, <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Clayton, and then I, you know, I and I can't remember this his name, but he was a Cuban 400 meter, 800 meter runner a long time ago. That won the double in the Olympics, and they used to call him like El Caballo, like the horse. Um, I can't remember his name. It was like we got 80s. any historians we, in the audience? We got someone yeah. fact checking it right now. All right, we yeah, fact we're going to fact check that. And come back to you. Yeah. That's the other thing you need to know about our podcast is we don't know much about. Yeah, we make mistakes all the time. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, what, what about your guys' favorite sprinters? That's the real question. Uh, definitely Devin Allen. Uh, I was okay. going to say yeah. Devin that, Allen. Well, other than me, <laughs> like what what events what what events outside the distance events do you like to to watch the most? Because for me, I like to watch the fifteen. Um, like a championship fifteen is like something really yeah. exciting to watch because one, there's two ways to do it: slow kick and then it's just like a yeah the last four is like a 48 second and it's pretty <laughs> sick to watch or it's like take it out super hard and then everybody's like dropping off and it gets like real real spread grindy. out yeah, yeah real yeah, drawn yeah. out yeah. and then that's even better too because then you see like the guys that are supposed to win all in the front racing the last 200 meters yeah um so but what about you guys for the, the sprints uh i was in australia recently for the maui plant meet in melbourne and um i've seen fred curly around just from meets and stuff uh that 200 meters watching him uh, because we had about 7,000, 8,000 people and that's a lot for an Australian crowd yeah. and we were getting really behind it. Um, we had Fred there, we had um, a lot of other great athletes but he came through in like the last 50 meters, he's just going like this. Yeah, like celebrating the whole 50, sick. yeah. I was sitting drug testing with him and I was like, like he was just signing everyone's autographs, all the Aussies were getting behind it, like it was really nice to have him there and uh, he's a showman, I, I really enjoyed talking to him and uh, he's probably next to you, one of my favorite sprinters right now. Nice, okay, Fred. Shout out I got, I got a couple, maybe. I got, uh, I'm a big Michael Norman fan. Okay. I like Michael Norman. Um, can't hate on that at all. Who else we got? Well, he has, and Michael has the range, and, yeah. you know, he's just been consistently fast for since 2016, since he was in high school, since he was these guys' age. Um, you know, one fun fact, though, too, the thing that me, Michael Norman, and Andre DeGrasse have in common, other than their Olympic gold medals and world championship <laughs> gold medals, is that we all won the Pac-12 200-meter dash when really? we were in college. That is a so real fun fact. That's a real <laughs> good fact. Yeah. So, you know, that's where it all comes and, from. And I actually got, a, I got an easy year because the year before, Andre DeGrasse ran 19.6 to win the Pac-12. <laughs> then I run 2050. And then we'll Michael Norman we'll wins 19.8. We'll so, like, it. the year that I won it was kind of slow. <laughs> so, I, I, I like the win that counts. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was cold. It was in it was in UW. It was <laughs> there like you go. 40 Terrible degrees. Conditions. Yeah. Conditions. Oh, yeah. UW. Yeah, that's probably worth a sub twenty. I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah, I would say when you talk about a favorite sprinter, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm like a student of like the 100. Like I don't understand these events like historically or whatever. So. What it really attracts me is the personalities and the storylines. So right now, yeah, Fred Curley is so easy to just like, because everything he does is exciting. Everything he does is exciting. So entertaining. You take the like American uh, 100, like the, the hurdles, you know, like the 110 hurdles, so exciting. Because you know that every time like all you guys are lining up, like, man, that's like the best runners in the world right there. And uh, all running for the same country. So for sure. Those, yeah, and, I'll say and, the storylines. And I, I agree with you in like the last couple of years, it's been really in the sprints, U.S. versus Jamaica, right, usually, and especially in, in the 100, and then, you know, with Usain Bolt retiring, he kind of opened up, you know, the, the, the short sprints a little bit. But in the hurdles, it's been back and forth the last, I don't know, like seven years, right, yeah. Jamaican, U.S., Jamaican, U.S., and, and like you said, in the U.S., there's now four guys that have run 13, five guys that have run 13 flat or faster that are still competing. Yeah, so how can like, you not? How can you not get yeah, excited it's like, for that? You know, in order to make a U.S. team now, you got to run 13 flat or better. Yeah. And even last year, there was there was six guys in the final that ran faster than 13.08. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy you, but <laughs> but you've done it so well every single year you show up. So uh, I think you ever run the 400 hurdles? <laughs> I did. I did run the 400 hurdles in college, not very well because I didn't get to do a lot of training for it, but. Uh, I got second in the Pac-12 championship, which unfortunately Easy. I got. Yeah, but I told my coach my junior year in college, like, hey, if I can run this time in the 200, can I not do the 400 hurdles anymore? He's like, yeah, sure. And then I did it the next week, and he's all right. You're, That's you're a good done. bargaining chip. Uh, final question for our rapid-fire questions, which have not been rapid-fire at all. It <laughs> actually been really long-winded <laughs> questions. Final rapid-fire, NFL or track? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you know – that's very tough because I, I enjoy both and I love both. And this last season, the NFL has kind of like reignited that love, especially playing for the Eagles and and uh, going to the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, I didn't get to play. Like, I wasn't active this season. I was on the practice squad the whole year. Um, but now I'm kind of like locked in to, to, to contribute and make the team this year and, and be, you know, out there and scoring touchdowns. So right now, football, I know track, you know, it's hard to say that because – I still believe this year I'm going to break the world record in the hurdles, you know, regardless. So, like, you know, and I, and I still, I just, you know, I train that way. I train, like, everything I'm doing, I'm trying to be the best that, that I can be um, at it. And, and right now I'm focused on, on the track season up until, you know, just before uh, training camp. And I'm doing, kind of doing two-a-days, like doing both sports right now because we just started our off-season training in Philly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, right now I'm, I'm leaning towards the football route, but. You know, as long as I'm going to keep running fast in the hurdles, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, it's 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 a, it's a little bit harder because there's so much technical aspect that goes into it, um, the 110s. But it's going well so far. I'm like seven weeks in, uh, and I'm, I ran 13-3 last weekend, so it's a good start. That's a good place to be. And, yeah, that, was, uh, that question was kind of just to lead us into what's probably going to be probably like the biggest topic of our podcast today would be about making that decision and navigating those two different worlds of uh, – NFL and uh, professional track and field because, I mean, in this day and age, you don't see too many dual professional athletes. It's not something that exists. And for people that have followed your journey, you've been doing this for a long time. Obviously, you spent a long time very focused on track. But before that, 
I mean, when you're at Oregon, you're a dual athlete. I remember, so the first time I heard about you was when it was a really big deal that you had gone professional. Am I correct in saying this, that you had gone professional in track, but you were still playing football at Oregon? Uh, not quite. I was, I had played football that season, but then before the track season started, I went professional. Okay. So when I was still in college, yes. Um, playing football, you know, with the NIL now, I, I guess I could have done that, yeah. you, know, you know, but like with the NCAA rules at the time, I couldn't sign a, you know, endorsement contract, but, you know, I was kind of already leaning towards, even if I wasn't endorsed, like running in the pro circuit outside yeah. of college, just because I had, you know, already, you know, the two years that I ra- raced, I won NCAAs and USAs both, both years. So it's kind of like just moving on to the next step. Yeah. Had, and had someone done that before in, in college? Like, Who'd you have to convince to to let you play football and run track? Was, were other people doing that? Yeah, there's there's a couple good athletes that have done it in the past. Um, maybe not as high of a level on the track um, itself, and obviously, like being a great football player takes a lot of uh, work and consistent effort too. And I'm still trying to get back to where I was when I was playing in college. Um, but like D'Anthony Thomas did it when he was at Oregon. Um, we had a lot of guys. Um, Michael James as well. He's an Oregon guy. And then Jeremy Bloom was like one of the first dual sport athletes, you know, in that college because he was a professional skier um, and then played football for the. Yeah, he played. Yeah, look look it up. Yeah, he was a professional skier and then played football at Colorado and then actually played for the Eagles as well uh, while he was doing the pro skiing thing. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, We should tell you, we hate on Oregon all the time on this show. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel? Like. I guess, see, when you go to Oregon, is it just like, it's like the center of the world, right? Like, is it like the best thing ever? Is it as good as it seems from the outside? Because we hate on it because of Because the grass is greener. The grass is greener. Yeah, so I guess, like, I I agree with you. It's just because you you didn't go there, you just hate on it. Yeah. Like, a lot of people that have gone there are, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. And that's how I feel. And, you know, I know a lot of the international athletes, Europeans, Australians, have to travel super far to go to Eugene. Like, it kind of sucks because you spend a long day traveling, but the Americans do it all the time when we go to Europe. Like, we spend that 12 hours, you know, in a plane. Um, And we're just kind of used to it compared to, like, all the Europeans get to, like, kind of hang out in Europe for the first three months of the season. And then, you know, after World Champs is when they kind of, you know, pop over to to Prefontaine Classic or World Champs last year. So, you know, I get that because you're kind of tired from jet lag. But other than that, you can't really beat Eugene outside of maybe, like, if you get allergies. Yeah, that could be an I issue. Really I don't. Allergies. I don't get allergies, so I have no issue. He's immune. It's just also the whole. I. I mean, every single fo- big football program has everything they need, but in the track world, it's not quite the same. You know what I mean? Where some track teams have access to more, and we always look at Oregon as just like, oh, they get everything. They look so lucky. Like, just all the the Nike money and all that. So it's like we're always just jealous, I guess. Yeah, it's the mecca. I mean, you get like you said, you get whatever you need there, and they really support all the athletes. You know, long term, like I can go back there and anytime I want and use whatever I want. Like, and it's like that for most every athlete that has c- come through Oregon. What do you think of the current director of track and field there? <laughs> um, well, I don't, I, d- I don't know much about him, um, but I think you know he has shown to be a good distance coach yeah. in the past. Like he has a, a ton of great athletes, and uh, I think part of that being a head coach or a director of a program, my coach is the director of track and field in the Naval Academy, is hiring good coaches to facilitate and, and do their jobs, right? Like, you know, you, you hire a good sprint coach for that reason, yeah. you know, or, or a jumps coach or a multis or a distance coach. And so 
that's kind of good when you have a coach that just like is purely focused on the distance. Like he's not going to have a ton of a say like what what happens on the sprint side or the the jump yeah. side because not that he doesn't know about it. I'm sure he does. It's just not his like expertise. It's yeah. about the delegating. We yeah, just exactly. joked about him because he's for a distant. He's probably one of the most famous distant, like specifically distance running coaches ever because he was the coach of Bowman. But then before that. He actually coached at Wisconsin where Ollie and I went. He, he oh. competed at Wisconsin as well. He's from Wisconsin High School, so he's, like, very so relevant. You, so you guys were upset you didn't go to yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of backstory to that. We'll, a lot uh, of backstory. We'll fill you in after. But, yeah, so you went to Oregon, and then you were very successful as a, you know, just focusing on the track, which we'll get into more. But jumping forwards to kind of this last year, the crazy thing about it, because I would like to kind of ask – specifically about the decision-making process of going back to the NFL. But just to set some context to it, I mean, you've been very consistent throughout your whole track career. But, I mean, if you're looking at it from the outside, some people, I think it would be easy to say, wow, this guy's like peaking right now. I mean, you ran your – the your your season last year was the biggest roller coaster of all time, mm-hmm. seeing like the form that you were in in June and then like the way it ended up playing out. And especially with – kind of the storyline that you said earlier where everyone knew like you were trying to go to the NFL. Um, what was the decision-making process like a little bit early at the start of last year? And then once you got into the track season and you're like, shit, I just almost broke the world record. Mm-hmm. Like, were you like second guessing yourself? Yeah, I think the initial decision was made about six, seven years ago when I semi-retired from football. You know, when after I had my second knee injury um, playing football, I decided, hey, let me focus on track for the next four years give my chance give myself a chance um leading into the olympic games and um like you said i i have been consistent you know and and like any athlete there's going to be a a a balance of you know training getting injured and kind of coming back from that and and being healthy and so all the years that i played football and ran track i've done really well um 2014 season u.s champ ncaa champ played football Led, led Oregon in receiving yards and touchdowns. And then 2016, same thing, playing football, uh, Olympic trials champ, 1303. And then this last season, I was doing both, starting in April, you know, balancing back and forth between OTAs, off-season training, and, and track practice. And then, you know, I get COVID like 10 days before the New York race and kind of just relax for a bit, which what I probably needed because I was doing so much training back and forth. Like I was, I was in practice Monday, Thursday, and then I was driving back to Maryland to train Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then going back to Philly Monday through Thursday again. So, like, I was kind of worn out. And that's, you know, your body tells you when to stop. And so I got sick, and then I was like, okay, let me relax. And I ran fast, and I was feeling good leading into Worlds. You know, in my head, I was going to break the world record in that final, you know, kind of ramping up to that, which would have been, you know, like a storybook, you know. But and so I'll have another chance to break it. Do we get to talk about that, or do you not talk about? No, we we can. I mean, there's not much to talk about other than what you guys saw on at the track and in TV. I, there's not yeah. really a uh, you know a there's argument to be to made. It. Yeah, uh, is it uh, at the time that was like the biggest thing we talked about on our next episode? We because talked it was about just it was just like the most ridiculous thing ever. Not to rehash yeah, it. I think the only issue, and if you just you know, I'm just going to say this. My piece is just on average, all the reaction times were way faster than the last 20 world championships all together by like a tenth of a second. So there's something, you know, there. There, so, so there's something there. And then also in the semifinal, my reaction time was 0.101, which is 1,000th slower than the legal, like mm. allowed. So like to say I can't react 2,000th faster than I did in the semi is 
kind of saying like, eh, like I'm ridiculous. just consistently reactor. And you know, you look at my, uh, like you, I, I told some of my old training partners, like go to any Diamond League race I raced in and, and see who the fastest reaction time was. I, I bet you it's me. They're like, nah. So I looked at like a random meet. They're like, oh, it was me. I was like, let me look for another it's one. It was me. It's <laughs> always <laughs> Devin Allen. Yeah. Um, okay, this is just a random question from a distance runner who doesn't know. Can you? Could you have run under protest or no? So you can if uh, the the official allows it. Um, it's ultimately their decision. Um, the official can kind of step in if he thinks there might be something wrong or an issue you know that they can't solve right in the moment um so that's you know that's what i was trying to do when i said hey i want to run under protest give him the opportunity to be like okay a lot of stuff going on here it's really close to the limit i'm not sure if you know what's going on so but you know obviously i wasn't allowed but you know you usually you cannot okay. run under protest but the rules allow the official to make that call ultimately yeah, so that all happened, and then you're like, all right, screw this. I'm, I'm going to play some football now. Put that in the kind of like rearview mirror. Fast forward to this season, just wondering, like navigating the dual professional, you said, yeah, you're really focusing on that football now. So what will this track season look like, do you think? Um, it's going to be pretty uh, – I guess this is my like first big meet, um, and we'll see how I do on Saturday. I mean – I don't expect like to break the world record on Saturday. I mean, it'd be nice if I do, <laughs> but uh, I'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, yeah I'm only I'm only about yeah. seven weeks into training because I, I the the football season ended February 12th and I took three weeks off and started training uh, the the beginning of March. So, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in horrible shape. I was in pretty good shape coming off the football season and I ran at the Navy meet last week and ran like 10:3 and 13:30 um, with not a lot, a lot of training, a little bit uh, not overweight. I'm not overweight, but I'm just heavier than I was last season. I'm like 194, 195. So I probably want to get down to below 190, like 188. So, you know, once I lose a little bit of weight too in the next six weeks, I'll be flying a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a, we got a, we haven't even previewed. We're at the pen relays. <laughs> we didn't even preview that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can see all the people warming up behind us. Yeah. They're getting we're, ready at the to race. Pre- we're at the pen relays, and obviously Devin's racing the hurdles, and George is racing the mile as well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The I believe it's called the Olympic Development Mile. Why did <laughs> Why did they throw that title? In I don't know what that. I don't even know what that means. Because it's like a, a bunch of Olympians. There's there. a bunch <laughs> of <laughs> well, well, you can't say Olympic because yeah. the yeah <laughs> the Olympics owns that title. It's so the next best thing. Yeah. yeah, the next best thing. Like people that are trying to make the Olympics or going to the Olympics in the next year. Yeah. I'm not expecting to break the world record, but <laughs> but it'd be nice. <laughs> if you did, that'd be <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so just same, similar mindset, really. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. This is gonna be a sick race for us because so our whole team is here. Half of us are racing and three of the guys are all racing the mile together so we got a showdown because it's it's kind of uh everyone's coming together from different standpoints because we got george who um if you didn't know george has debuted in the steeplechase this season last year yeah but i'm a hurdler now nice yeah. sort of no steeplechase <laughs> steeplechasers count because i see him doing hurdle drills <laughs> off to the side not quite as good as i'd like like i want to step in sometimes when i see some of the college kids that are on the Navy track team, I'm like, oh, uh, you could be doing yeah, that a little better. Because I'm like, oh, please don't fall. Yeah. You know, and th- that last lap gets real dangerous. So maybe we, we go through some drills after Yeah, this. get yeah. some pointers, George. Get some pointers. <laughs> we, should, we should get a you know, YouTube how to hurdle. Yeah. yeah. Let's make that video. Yeah. Let's make that happen. We'll make it happen. That's genius. But yeah, so we have George, and then we have our teammate Mario, who's the 1,500-meter runner. He came fourth at World Champs last year. And then we also have Joe Kleiker, who U.S. 10K course, champ. Yeah. And so they're all meeting at the mile. So what, what's, the, what's the bet? Like that, this is what I'm trying yeah. to work on. <laughs> but, but, so me, me you only got two days. Yeah, yeah we're, we're trying to work on a bet. I mean, like, 
I would love to see a huge upset from... Well, not huge upset, but Joe Klecker coming for the win would be, we'd be an <laughs> upset. 10K man. Yeah. It'd be an upset. 10K man taking on like Mario's event and George also, I would say George's event too, mile mid-distance. It'd be, uh, it'd be cool to see him kind of... We got to make scare. some odds. I don't think it's legal, so we'll do it after the podcast, under the yeah, table. Yeah, not recorded. We'll do it not recorded. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll get the odds. Loser has to anyway. shave his head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's legal. See, that's the thing. That's crazy. So, you know, just fun fact, you know, in the... In, uh, you know, track and field, we, we all know like there's like not a hidden thing. It's like you don't make a, a ton of money outside of like the top few guys in, in whatever events. Um, but in the NFL, it's way different. Everybody makes a ton of money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and, you know, being on practice squad, you know, I don't really make as much money as everybody else. But it got to the point where like, you know, you'd be like betting push-ups like 100 push-ups instead of money because like it's just people meaningless. are like it's it's it's, it's less fun <laughs> if i had to give you money because i you know make 25 million a year or like <laughs> that. Like, that makes sense yeah so you know it's like hey like i bet you on this like free throw like if you miss it it's it's a, a thousand push-ups and they're like oh that hurts way more than a thousand dollars yeah uh is it true that you're into poker are you still into poker i, I still am into poker yeah yeah i don't play as often as i did in college okay. um just because i don't have as much free time and the bankroll is not, you know, I'm trying <laughs> try to hold the bankroll close. But uh, but I actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have a buddy who I'm actually programming right now. His name's Jason Kuhn. He's a professional poker player. Um, and he is training. He made a bet. He's training to run under 11 seconds in the 100. He made like a, really? one, uh, I don't know, like $2 million bet. Wow. And he, he ran track in college. He was like a 1060 or 1070 guy. Oh, so, so he's, he's capable. He, he's capable, but but he hasn't done it in a while, and he yeah. has, like, two kids now, and, like, you know, he hasn't run in eight years. But, you know, we're going through a little program. I started training about what, eight what, weeks ago. What's the time frame until he has to he, run? He can do whenever. Oh, There's really? no time limit. Okay. It's just, like, before he dies. You got it. Yeah, before <laughs> he, Exactly. I mean, he's, he's probably only getting slower. So he goes, yeah, yeah, he's, he's the sooner the better, yeah. He doesn't have that much yeah. time. Is he that should have been in the quick fire. What, can, can you tell us biggest biggest win or biggest loss? For me on the on the table, yeah. Oh, uh, I don't bet crazy. Uh, my biggest win, probably a few grand, like playing cash games. Yeah, um, biggest loss, probably a few grand. <laughs> 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 it all evens out in the end. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably net down. <laughs> well, at least that's what I tell my accountant. Where's so. <laughs> <laughs> all that extra money? Um, so you talked about a bit about how professional track athletes aren't making as much as NFL players, which everyone knows. No surprise. And one of the things that we often talk about is, well, just generally, like, how to make the sport better. And one of our ideas that people that listen will know we talk about this all the time is creating a distance-only league. We have a bit of a theory that you could have a sport which was just distance running, more similar to, say, a cross-country meet or a marathon road race, where it's just one distance race, like a league, where every weekend it's just one race, say it's a 10K, and all the best distance runners in the world are doing it. We think as an idea, as a new sport, if you want to call it that, that would be extremely successful in terms of, you know, just making it more exciting, more similar to say F1 or whatever, uh, bring in more fans and hopefully make more money for everyone. We talked a bit about what the sprinting equivalent would be because, you know, we look at distance running, we're very biased for like distance running could do amazing on its own, you know, separate from track and field. And then we talked about sprinting and I mean, we said that we thought distance running could do better than sprinting. Biased, but <laughs> do you, is that something that you know you think about or talk about with other sprinters? Like, how can we make this sport better? Is there some form of a sprint league that you think like would be a good idea? That something that like would excite you to compete in? 
Yes, I, I think there is um, a version of that. I think your idea of the distance league is great. I mean, I, fi- I find myself not watching the whole marathon, but at least the last <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes, yeah. right? You know, especially a close race. Um, and I think that would be popular in terms of like, you know, you could change the, the distance every week, you know, and you could be the all, you know, the all around guy. Yeah. Um, but for the sprint side, I think it comes down to just racing. I know that this is going to be, you know, not popular opinion, but I think the more the best athletes race, the more popular the, the sport's going to be anyways, 100%. and the money will come from that. 100%. Um, so, like, you know, when you get a lot of athletes that are kind of like, you know, and I get it, the best athletes deserve to get paid to, to, to come and appearance fees and all that stuff, but sometimes you've got to just go and, and race at a meet because it's good exposure. Yeah, like, you're you going to make something more valuable than their appearance fee, I think. Yeah, it's 100%. Like, like I, I'm, I live in Philly now. I play for the Eagles. Why would I not run at the pin relays? Yeah. Like, and last year was a great experience. Like, that was the coolest thing I've done. Yeah, so that was like amazing. <laughs> we were on the infield. We were in the infield watching yeah. you, like, afterwards walking around. You had about 20 security guards around you. I think that's like, when we wow. decided. You yeah, we're getting you on the podcast like next, next year. year. <laughs> DJ were like, next year? We need him. Next year, we need him on the pod. Yeah. But I feel like the sport is, it's designed at the moment that, the top sprinters don't race each other until world champs. Like, the m- the money is funneled to the wrong, t- like to the wrong place. Like, where is all the they, money going? They can't. Af- they a meet can't afford to have. They can't afford to pay. You eight can't afford of the to top pay. Sprinters. Yes, because they're all like, oh, yeah. well, this guy. All, is, yeah. So this is say you know, athlete A is making twenty grand to come. Like I just beat at athlete A two weeks ago, so I should make twenty five. And then yeah. athlete B is like making twenty five, but athlete C is like, I've I have three world championship olympic medals more than these guys so i should be you know so that's yeah and if you accepted anything less you'd be lowering your value kind of yeah but i think i mean i'm the same way i don't of course not not that i don't race for free because i have but yeah i try not to because yeah i'm especially now i'm super busy like yeah you only have a finite amount of time yeah i got i gotta pick pick and choose where i'm going like i can't race every single week weekend yeah pretty much i think a simple way of putting it for us is the olympics happens every four years and when the olympics happens it's the most exciting thing ever. It's amazing. Uh, and that's so good. But why could we not have the Olympics happen five times a year or whatever? Because in other sports, NFL, the Olympics happens every Sunday. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It's and then like there's a big Olympics that comes <laughs> yeah. up. Well, I think we just need a little bit more consistency, too, in the during the track season, like having a, a race every week. Yeah. Like it needs to be like, I don't know how to market it, but like the Saturday races or like the Friday or the Sunday night. We're gonna race, take over Saturday. Yeah, like Sunday you know, like you know how Saturday night, you know Saturday night live happens. Yeah. Like why not? Like right before that <laughs> is all the track races. <laughs> we'll take that time. So spot. you know, and then like whoever wins gets to be a guest appearance on the show in New York. That's Some, a great. Somebody idea. write this down. <laughs> why isn't anyone? Need to write this down. Um, so yeah, I think the sprint league. Yeah, it comes down to just people racing each other because that's the storyline. That's as what I makes said, it exciting, like, yeah. right? We, when you go to World Champs in the Olympics, you don't race for anything. Yeah, I mean, you do. There's like some prize money, but it's not like exponentially higher than uh, any other meet. But mm-hmm. like everybody shows up to those competitions. That's what makes it exciting, right? Like yeah. you know, like the the World Champs that Usain Bolt got disqualified from the hundred. It was exciting. The, the hundred meters is still exciting, but everybody was kind of like, oh, yeah, we waited a whole two years for this. Yeah, <laughs> so like it. you know, so and, th- and that's just how it goes. Like, and you have an athlete that maybe picks up an injury before World Champs and has to pull out, and then you kind of like, oh man, like you know, um, you want to beat, yeah, you want yeah. the best people to be racing each other, and you and want the world champion to be yeah. whoever beats the all the best guys. W- what would it take to get you, Grant Holloway, Daniel Roberts, 
Trey Cunningham. A lot of money. Jamaican guy who won words, forgotten his, oh, won the Olympics. No, that's a... What, what does it take to get you guys on the line so he, every, he, every two weeks the he, whole season? Here's the thing. is like the hurdlers are probably the least ducky of all that's events. True. Yeah. Like, you, if you just look at, like, the normal Diamond Leagues, like, me, Daniel, Grant, and Trey are going to be racing all three. Grant races a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. going to be racing all three of the Diamond Leagues, like, Rabat, Florence, Paris, right before USA's. Like, yeah. so... And that's so you guys are not the problem. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and it's not that we can't always race. It's just sometimes you're not quite ready, you know, to go. Like, for me, I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm building up, and hopefully I'm ready to go by May so I can put on a good show. But, yeah. yeah. What do you think you're just of – we're always of the mind that people should get paid less appearance fees and – Win more prize money. Prize 100%. Money. I agree. Yeah, because that was so you can't, you can't argue with it. Well, and, and, <laughs> you can't argue with so the you can argue with the peers' fee. And as an athlete, you already, you already know going to the meet, like you have that confidence. You can't fake it as a, as a, especially as a distance runner if you didn't put in the mileage and a sprinter if you didn't put in the work. Yeah. Like every race I go into, I'm like calculating my purse as in like appearance fee plus first place. <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to make this weekend because yeah. that's I already expect to do that. So like if a first place is just more and I get paid less. An appearance fee, I'm like, eh, same for you. I'm, still, I'm still making the same <laughs> yeah. amount, you know. It's not so, gonna change. No. no, but I mean, it's not like always perfect. But yeah. in my head, I'm, I'm, if I'm showing up, I'm going to win. Uh, we like that mindset. Yeah, I think, and yeah, I think that is a very probably common sprinter mindset. So same with distance runners, and so yeah, everyone thinks going into the race they're going to win that money. So why not make it bigger? Why not give it the more incentive, and people are going to show up and go get it? Exactly. Like also, I think, you know, not that it's too late for last year, but I broke the stadium record. It would have been nice to win a Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you just go get a Toyota? Yeah. Like, I th- you know. The main sponsor. I was like, oh, I can take the super home. They're like, nah, you can't. Sorry. No. Maybe maybe if I break the world record, they'll let me yeah, take some no, home. Yeah, no. I think world record, you definitely get maybe more than one car. Give him a couple cars. Let's let's get this guy a couple of cars. Yeah. Come on. He's he's running fast. So, yeah, I think we, we're kind of on the same page there where, with all those ideas. Just get the races going. Uh, I think, you know, we'll start winding down a little bit. One thing I'd like to ask you, especially for the benefit of all these people uh, listening here, all these high schoolers, you talked before about how you've had your best seasons when you have kind of been doing training for both football and just the track. Does, you know, what advice would you give to kids um, that are kind of in a similar position to you or even just kids that are focused on track? Like, what do you take away from the fact that you've had your best seasons when you're doing both? I think, I think the biggest takeaway I've, I've gotten from doing both sports at the same time and and doing well doing during that time is uh, you got to be hyper aware and listen to your body because there's a lot of times last season where I was just kind of tired and in the program is like all right today you have a hurdle day or today you have a sprint day and I just told my coach hey I'm kind of tired so I just took an off day right That's so nice. you know I, I mean maybe you guys <laughs> don't have the luxury because not get an off day. But for me, right, like Ollie, I Ollie doesn't know what off days are. Yeah, <laughs> no off days. No off days, no. But but that's the thing, like I, I realize like, you know, especially as I'm I'm getting a little bit like older, I'm not old, I'm only twenty eight, but um you know, I I need to do less training and more quality training. So like if I'm on the track three days a week, which is kinda what I was last season, like those those are good days, like really good days and that's I'm taking a lot from those you know, uh, repetitions as opposed to kind of being like 80% on the track just because I need to get a workout in. Um, it's not always the best, um, you know, matchup. But that's also because I was doing a lot on the football side as well. So, you know, you kind of got to listen to your body. You got you to gotta understand that as an athlete, always being faster and stronger is always better. Um, you know, to some extent, you don't want to injure yourself. Yeah. But 
uh, I think, you know, that's the biggest takeaway is listening to my body and, and just kind of like, hey, I'm tired. Yeah. You recognize a good yeah. day and yeah. you recognize a bad day. 100%. So. Like, like the other day, I was like having a good session here. And I was like, I'm going to do one more. And my coach was like, nah, you should just stop. He's like, you haven't really – this is like your third starts day of the season. And you've already done like 30% more than you ever, you've done at all. So, like, let's just not do any more. I was like, okay. So. Smart. That's where you, that's where the coach comes in to coach hold you back that. and have that perspective. Yeah. But yeah, following on from that, if you, I mean, talking about running well while you're playing football, does that mean you know you are we running track and playing football every year from now on? Is that the goal? Uh, I mean, the goal, yes. If I can uh, continue to be competitive in both, like you know, obviously my performance goes down in either either one, then I got to kind of you know, have a come to Jesus moment and be like, Hey, what's, what, what, what can I do here to fix that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but as of last year, I didn't really, uh, I had a great track season, obviously. And then my football season, uh, being my first season back in six years, I progressed a lot through the season. So now the goal is get on the field and make plays and help the team win. And then once I do that, then I can start kind of getting an idea of like where I fit in, you know, in that, in that program. Do, do people on the NFL team understand like how good you are? At hurdles, yeah. They, <laughs> my my, te- my teammates do especially. Um, some of them got to watch me race last year, yeah. and then a lot of them are watching the. They saw the New York meet because I was on TV in the U.S. and World Champs. You know, after I, when I came for training camp, they're like, "Man, I can't believe that happened!" Yeah, yeah. like everybody's pissed. They're trying to figure um, it out. Like they're like, "What? What happened?" They're like, "They're like, you're so you're telling me that they, you got disqualified for being better than everybody? Me too, <laughs> me too good. I'm like starting. Yeah, it's pretty much what happened. Yeah, um, but." Yeah, they, they're starting to get it now, and they've seen it, like, you know, being the fast guy in the field, I have to be the fast guy. So that's your you, got, you got a reputation to live up to. Like, yeah. uh, of the season last year on the GPS, I ran the fastest on the field in the NFL. Yeah. You know, I did it in the preseason because I didn't play any regular season games, but I still had that. Oh, that's that's good. That's, that's a pretty sick stat. Yeah. yeah, you need to represent for track because I would not be surprised if NFL guys just assume they're faster, even though – they're obviously not, but but I like that because you got to have that confidence. Yeah, like there's a few guys. I'm not going to name any names because they know who they are. <laughs> that were on the Eagles. That were like, hey, like, like I want to race you, and I say, okay, let's do. We'll do 100 yards on the field, and it's 10 grand. And they're like, ah, uh, don't want to race you. Now. <laughs> and they stop thinking about it when the money comes in. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, they're like, I'm rich, but not that rich. Yeah. No, I don't want to race you. Might have to do push-ups for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I think that's all. Very good takeaways. Uh, is there any other questions from us, boys? Before we start to what close up, there? I mean, not much. Next year, did the Olympics are next year. Yeah, you've, you've been to two Olympics. You've come fifth and fourth. Yes, that's, that's pretty brutal. That's actually. pretty annoying, I imagine. Uh. Does that does that feel like this unfinished business? <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you know, how I feel. Um, you know, I, 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 and that's the thing that sucks is going to each of those Olympics. Like, I felt like, oh, I'm the guy. To, to win and just you know everybody shows up on the line and and those races were close and that's just kind of how it goes in track and field yeah um for sure but i think same mindset as 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 any year is go in and uh you know expect to win and, yeah. and continue to train like the more consistently i can run 13 or faster the better chance to give myself because you know then i don't have to do anything crazy to win the olympics do, do you reckon uh is anybody won olympic gold medal and won the super bowl in the same that's year <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to that's do me. the math no, definitely not definitely <laughs> not no, so you could no, be the no, first no, there one actually has there has yeah, yes? yeah bob hayes um he played for the cowboys and i think he won the 100 or the four by one in 1960 
Okay, we can make it more specific to hurdles. We'll make yeah. the, no one's won the. Well, actually, hurdles. I don't think it was the same year. I just think he won the Super Bowl and, and he then, won the Olympics. So yeah, this would be the first time it's done in the same year. That that, that yeah, counts. Let's, let's try that. We, yeah. That's the one we're going for this yeah, year. That's yeah. the main goal. And uh, being on the Coffee Club podcast. Yeah, yes, yeah. in that. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys do you guys have any coffee sponsors? Because I'm like I'm a big coffee guy. Like I do the the Breville barista like every we morning. We got the same machine as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we uh, we had we were selling beans very early on in the in the coffee club podcast. Uh, yeah, we're working days. out the business side of stuff. We don't. I think in the near future we'll get some. So whenever we can, we'll we'll send you some okay, stuff. Okay, good. But yeah, we got we'll good quality. You, you guys, you guys, you guys gonna get it like a like a machine sponsor like that's how it goes. La, La Mazorco, right? Or we're Marzorco. working on it. Yeah. We're working on it. I know yeah. Australia had like three of those at the Olympics. I yeah. was like, uh, I was trying to the Americans trying to wake so up early and like you know sneak it. Hey, like, hey, yeah, we hey, were very day, lucky. The Olympics, <laughs> you should have, you should you should have came because like, I was. Uh, I remember my my two teammates, the USA team, were walking past, and I'm sitting in the lawn chair with my coffee because they get special cups as well. Yeah, like, they were not they were not happy about it. No, nah, dude, that was a big no no was to give Team USA. They were very stuff. adamant about very, don't give anyone coffee. Australia. That's our Australian. Like thing. we worked hard to get these coffee machines here. You yeah. did not you did not give it to the enemies. Yeah, we'll but see in this episode. Maybe too hard to on them. coffee, not a, not hard enough on the track. Oh, yeah, I I actually agree with that one. Come on. But, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, hook you up. Once we'll, we hook you up we'll hook you up now. You're part of Coffee Club TC, so. Yeah, by the way, just so you know, like, anyone who comes on the podcast for the rest of their lives, they're, like, racing for Coffee Club Track Club. Okay. So. Fair. So, so on the you currently have now, it's Nike slash CCTC. And you also, you also have our uh, 110 hurdles record. Okay. <laughs> so good. Congratulations. That yeah, kind of now. Well, as soon as he races. We can't, yeah. we can't oh, yeah, backtrack. No, yeah. yeah, true. No, no, okay. It's got to be, it's got to be present from. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. our first world record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We'll take it. But uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up here, Devin? Um, that's a good question. I didn't, I didn't come prepared with any questions, but I do, I do always like to ask this question because I post this a lot on my social media is like the hardest workout I ever I do every year is always like six by 150 or like three by 300 uh, what's the hardest workouts you guys have done like like the uh. go-to the go-to for me is 150 because I always throw up I think it's like a nervous system thing yeah like it's just just further enough and fast enough to where you're like going full speed but just enough rest to where you feel good to do the next one and then by like four or five you're like shaking a little bit yeah yeah like yeah, the I have one. But what's your one? I ran. This was before Oslo, or Diamond League. I ran a tw- twelve by four hundred, and I averaged fifty-seven low, with a minute recovery at altitude. Oh, that minute hurts. Yeah. Okay. So we were at altitude. So in Boulder, Colorado, we're at um, sixteen hundred meter. Sixteen hundred meters. Five thousand feet. Five thousand feet. So yeah, sixty minute, sixty second recovery, twelve by four hundred, fifty-seven low average. So and then four hundreds on the minute, in a minute. Or le- in under a minute, minute yeah. yeah, and I uh, that was when I ran three forty seven in Oslo. So, yeah, so that workout kind of showed me like I, I can I can I can run uh, run a fast time. So that was probably that's a, I remember after that workout I was in pre- a lot of shock, a lot of shake, and yeah. I'm a middle distance runner. I'm not a sprinter, so it was pretty yeah. crazy. Do you have one, George? Because mine are kind of cop outs. Anytime we do, like if you do it, we did a time trial before the Olympics, and I know that if I'm because often in training we're not really going like all out where i mean we're almost never going all out it's like 80 percent. but if you do a harder longer rep so we did a 3k time trial at the altitude and i've also done like a mile at altitude and you know you're going to throw up after that Mm -hmm. like not many workouts for us we actually would ever throw up but if you're going that long or that and that hard at altitude you know you're going to throw up so those are the ones that i get a little nervous about you don't eat breakfast yeah i don't want to i don't like like throwing up man my coach my coach got me this year with one of those like I, I thought it was a normal day, 
And then he, he you know, get to the track. He's like, all right, well, we got uh, 300, 300, 200, eight minutes. And, like, I want you to come through, like, the first one, 34 seconds. And then Jeez. the second one, like, 34, five. And then I want you to run a 200 and, like, 21, five. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, like, who pissed you off today? Like, well, you like, and, I hadn't, and I hadn't run that far, like, this like this then this season or even last season. So, like, it's been oh, probably over a year since I did a workout like that. I was just like, yeah, I just jump around. And then the I did it with the college kids who are really in good shape right now. Uh, like, so I don't want to get beat by college kids. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Like, so I, you know, I was like, <laughs> you know, I was running faster than thirty four, and then I was like, the first one, he was like thirty three, and I was like, oh no, and you gotta go even quicker. <laughs> and then like six six minutes in, I was still laying down. He was like, you got two minutes, and I'm like, I can't walk, and he's like, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily we don't have many workouts like that. Yeah, I think for me it's probably the harder, the the longer reps. When we do like a mile twelve eight four times two cut down the the second set gets pretty hard Very tough. We're, we're running like we close to 5k race pace yeah but 400 like at some point anyone can run 400s well that's what it feels like you know it's we're just a lot, of, one a lot of time on our legs like i think that's the one thing like the time on our legs it accumulates and then like you'll get to back home and you'll you barely be able to walk whereas like i think with a lot of the sprint stuff like you're on the track just like laying there yeah well whereas that's for the us, thing, it's like, like a, it's a bit of a prolonged effect where we get back home and then we realize like wow i can't get up like, well, yeah if you do the 12 you just spend like 57. 24 minutes at like a heart rate above yeah. 150. Yeah, that's it's like not. A, it's not. Yeah, that's like a shock to your body's like, oh, I yeah. think I might be dying here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the big thing with the workouts that these two boys described, especially if you're doing them with the whole squad, like when when everyone knows that it's a big workout, and you have a big group of people, and you go out hard on the first one you can only go faster you know yeah. like you can't slow down Depressive. from that point so you can't run the second sit yeah you have to go you always faster. you always have a guy in your group that like is feeling the good. great pace setter yeah. like coach says 55 second force he's 55 on the dot yeah and there's always got a guy that's like you don't know what's gonna happen go, goes around him <laughs> and starts to hit him and then they're like ooh, uh, yeah and they're like 53 and then 58 and then like trying to hold on yeah yeah, yeah we got we got a we bunch go, of we, we know exactly who those people are <laughs> yeah we do but uh I think that's it from it, from us. I just want to say once again, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, we did not think that you would, you would respond say yes. to our message. So <laughs> we're so appreciative, and this was so much fun to do. Thank you very much for you guys for coming out and thank listening. You I hope you guys got something out of it, um, and everyone for listening at home as well when this goes up. But uh, yeah, Devin, best of luck with uh, your race this weekend, and then the rest of the track season, and then getting ready for football. Everything, man. We're we were already rooting for you like real hard, and now next level, man. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta come with some, some cool for celebrations now that I'm doing both. Yeah, like I yeah. gotta be real creative because you, you gotta use bring the hurdle celebration when you score a touchdown, and then like a football celebration. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's genius right there. I think on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you very, very much, everyone, for listening. We'll uh, see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>